Well, hello there. It's Craig here from Transform Witness. Uh, it's so good that you're here. And I'm not just sort of saying that. We are so thankful that you have chosen out of the myriad things that you could be doing today to engage with this. We, we absolutely love putting content on for you for two reasons. One, because we absolutely love Jesus. Um, hopefully you already realize this, but if you don't, we are a church that's absolutely besotted with Jesus. We think he's the most perfect person who ever lived. He is the healer. He's the rescuer. He's also God. He died for our sins. He rose again. He is absolutely everything to us. And the reason why I'm standing here is because of the change that he's uh, done in my life and he's continuing to do. And number two, we do this because we absolutely love you. We're so sad we can't meet together, but we get an opportunity, don't we, to engage with God together through the digital format. So my, my prayer is right now that you'll be open to whatever it is that God has to say to you today. Now, we are starting a brand new sermon series and it's called Lessons from Lockdown, Lessons from Lockdown. And the idea is, is that uh, those of us on the Transform team are going to be sharing with you week by week some of the lessons we think that God is has been saying to us. We don't see ourselves as some kind of great teachers who are going to be imparting loads of knowledge uh, to you, but rather we're fellow travellers with you as we are unpacking what our rabbi, what our teacher Jesus is saying to all of us. Now, of course, if there are lessons that you think God is saying to you, we would love to hear from you. So please email us. There'll be an email address that will come up and we would love to hear what God is saying to you. Now, it would be crazy not to mention just the the amazing times that we're in, the incredible times we're in, the shocking times that we're in as well. There's been so much that's been laying really heavy on my heart, as I'm sure it has been with you, all of the riots, all of the stuff that's been brought up again uh, about racism and uh, the need for reconciliation, the need for forgiveness. And so we just want to say right from the forefront that we are a church we be- that believes in the transformation, the restoration, the enhancement of every man, woman and child. And we are recognising that there are systems and things in place at the moment which are not the way God wants things to be. I don't know how this has been affecting you over the past few weeks. It's really fallen heavy on me. Now, the title for my lesson from lockdown is this. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. We are living in a world right now which is absolutely crazy, not just with COVID, but also, of course, with the the racial strife or all the other types of oppression and weakness and limitations that we as limited and broken people are experiencing. And I really felt that God wanted to remind us that actually, despite living in a world that tells us that we've got to have everything sorted, we've got to act as if we're okay, we've got to act as if we're strong, we've got to be learning Welsh on the internet, we've got to be doing all sorts of things to get fit, mind, body and spirit. And all of those things are great, by the way. You know, I've even shared some of those things over the past few weeks. If you go back to previous weeks in sermons, I've been sharing about how it's really good to do that. And and if you're finding these things that are helpful for you, helping you to grow in your faith, helping you to get stronger, helping to bring you closer to God, then that's absolutely fine. But if we're not careful, there is a, I guess, a slightly toxic message that 
underpins some of this attitude. If we're not careful, we're going to be picking it up, which is this, that I have got to be seen to be doing something worthwhile. I've got to be seen to be doing something fruitful and productive. Or what does that mean for my, my existence, my life? How can I justify what's going on here if I'm not actually seen to be contributing to the cause? You know, so many of us right now are so weighed down. We're barely keeping our lives together without the thought of, I've got to do some extra other stuff as well. And I I want you to know that actually we have got to stop this facade of showing people on the outside that we're strong and that we've got it all together and that we're okay. Because do you know what? It's going to suck the very life from our souls and from our bodies and from our minds. There are so many of us who are simply hanging on by our fingernails onto this whole thing, aren't we? And the message that I really want to share with you today is that Jesus knows. He absolutely knows. He's absolutely concerned. He absolutely cares about you and about me. Now, why I've said this is a lesson that I'm learning is that much of what I've just shared with you about some of that stuff that's going on in the the internal world is actually part of my story as well. I have had, if I'm honest with you, some real low moments over these past few weeks. Yeah, I've had some great times, great times with God, great times with the family. The other week when it was half term week, I had a whole week off and it was near to as perfect a week as you could get. We had amazing sunshine. We were able to go out for uh, in the garden for my my daughter daughter's uh, birthday. We got to camp out for two nights. We had Pizza Hut. Hallelujah! It's been reopened again. We had family over. It was absolutely incredible. But you know, there have been also moments, even recent moments over these past few days, where I have just felt so burdened and weary and weak and parched and low, low, low. There have been times when I've been thinking, I've got to get up early. I've got to get the exercise shorts on and do the exercise. But if I'm honest with you, there have been times where I've just thought, I just want to stay in bed. I just want to just hide because I can't do this much longer. Now, you see, my, my hunch is, is that you may have been feeling like this yourself. My hunch is that you've had moments or you're having moments even right now where you are either feeling the pang of guilt or anger or shame or sadness because that is you. That you know you're not okay. But for the sake of the public world, for the, for the sake of others, you think you have to be okay. To seem Okay. I want to just remind you right from the get-go that we, there is a God out there, not just out there, but with you right now. And his name is Jesus. And he says to you, it's okay to not be okay. Writing this sermon and um, communicating it to you has been a case in point for what I'm getting at here. You know, there are some weeks where I, in my researching and in my reading and in my praying, the words just, it's like a, a tap kind of turns on and the words come out and I've got a real strong sense of what I think God wants to say to you through me. 
But you know, this past week in trying to deliver this, this content and trying to come up with something, come up with a, some kind of worthwhile lesson, it's been so gruelingly hard. I have cried. I have weeped. I've had tantrums. I have, I've had uh, sleepless nights. I've been uh, tight myself up in a, in a ball, just trying to work out what on earth is it you want me to say, God. And I've had what I've called sermonic constipation, where I just can't get the words out. And it's been so, so hard. And I've been reading a book recently by a lady called Ruth Haley Barton. And what she's been saying is that she, she was saying when she was trying to learn to pray and really pray and have time with God, um, it was like she was a jar full of river water where, you know, that kind of muddy sediment based water. And it's like it's swirling round and round and round, not being able to settle, just running wild. She's not being able to just settle before God. And, and that's a, an incredible image that I've really picked up on. I think that's absolutely right. That's how I feel, God. I just feel so unsettled at the moment. And so after a number of days of crying out to God about this, of talking to those that I trust, talking to Gemma, my wife, about it, I just, I was just Tuesday night on the floor, 8 p.m., lying on my back, just saying, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to try and settle. I'm going to just try and not try and make something appear. But I want to just listen to you. And so in the quiet, just having a few moments of just saying, here I am help. And do you know what the, the word that came to mind was? It was tadpoles. Yeah, really, tadpoles. You see, a couple of weeks before when we had some blazing sunshine, I, my girls took me to a muddy, dirty pond where we were going tadpole catching and we had Tupperware boxes with uh, punched holes in so the tadpoles could breathe. And the idea was that we were going to get our buckets and we were going to scoop some up and borrow them from the pond. And so precariously balancing on the riverbank, I'm sort of holding my girls as they're scooping up gallons, what seemed like gallons of muddy water with tadpoles inside. And eventually in those Tupperware boxes, they've got about 10 each. So we put the lids on, holes are on there so they can breathe. Then we very, very um, just cautiously try and take them back to the car. And then, of course, the challenge is getting the tadpoles in the tubs, in the car, all the way home to our garden. And I thought, the girls, they can't have the tadpoles on their laps in the tubs because that would be an absolute disaster. So I thought, I know, I've got a crate in the boot that I can put on the passenger seat and we'll rest the tubs inside there. It's a true story, by the way. Um, so get the crate. It's got holes in it, but I thought it's okay because I'm a very careful driver so, most of the time. So we, we got the tubs. I put them in the passenger seat and off we went and drove so, so carefully, got home. And then my girls, of course, rushed around to the passenger seat where I gave them the tubs each, gave um, one girl her tub. She was kind of trying to look in the murky water for the tadpoles, gave the other one the, the tub, trying to again look in uh, the, the murky water for the tadpoles. They both went inside. And then as I was trying to clear out the crate, I realized that the crate was wet. Not only that, but when I took the crate off, I realized that the seat, the passenger seat, was absolutely sodden. And not only that, but as I looked closely... I saw about nine black blobs 
on the passenger seat, just there. Nine of, of uh, my daughter's 10 tadpoles were actually on the passenger seat. And the first thing that came through to my mind was, oh my goodness, Gemma is going to kill me. The second thing that came to mind was, is there a, a kind of a liturgy or a service for the passing memorial of amphibians? I'm not absolutely sure. Now, why I say all of this is because as I'm looking at these black blobs, parched and uh, needing to be revived and absolutely just without life at all, I thought, that is me. I am those tadpoles. Right at this moment, I am feeling so weary. I'm feeling so parched. The, the, the stuff of life that I need, I just don't feel it right now. And it brought to mind um, an ancient song, an ancient hymn called Psalm 63. And in Psalm 63, it says this, it's just the, the songwriters cry out to God desperately. He says, oh God, you are my God. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. That's how I was feeling. And my hunch is, that you are having those moments. Maybe if not now, you've had those moments. So before we move on, I just want to ask you two questions. What have been your tadpole moments recently? What in your life at the moment is not okay? That took so much courage to reflect with that. I'm really, really proud of you. If you've tried to engage with, with some of those things, it's really raw, isn't it? It's really real. It's really deep seated stuff. You know, my conviction is that Jesus is the one who can speak into yours and mine, not okayness. Yeah, I made, I made that up, but our not okayness. He sees what's going on in ourselves. He sees what's going on with COVID. He sees what happens when our black brothers and sisters are being oppressed and where there are regimes around that are perpetuating what is going on in the world. He sees all of that and he knows it's not okay. He's not pretending. I'm not making any political statements here about any particular countries or their policies. But one thing we have to simply confess is this, isn't it? That the kingdom of God, this incredible rule of how uh, God wants things to be is not where we are. There is no such thing as a system that is completely equivalent to that. We are far short of where God wants things to be in the world. And the same is same with the church as well. We are not where God wants us to be. Yes, we get things right a lot of the time and we are trying our best. We're trying to listen to what Jesus is saying, but we are also full of broken people like me, like you, who are trying our best but get things wrong time after time after time after time. And Jesus sees all that. He doesn't pretend. He knows that we're not okay. But I'm absolutely convinced that if there's anybody who can set you and me free from the burden of not being okay, it is Jesus. And I think one of the first things that we can be doing is simply confessing this. Not trying to put on the facade, everything's okay, yeah, 
people ask you, how are you doing? I'm fine. Everything's going really well. Really there with the Lord. When it's not. We need to confess. What I mean by that is we need to pour out to admit that there's just this stuff there and it's swirling around like sediment. We're feeling like tadpoles who are not in water. Because, you know, the thing is that Jesus already knows. He already knows what's going on with you and me. We need to have that honesty to make that first step of saying, Jesus, I haven't got this all sorted. I need you. I need you. And this is one of the reasons why I want to model this right now to share with you the stuff that's been going on with, with me. I'm not seeing this as therapy. It's not therapy for me to be saying this to you. And, and generally, I'm not looking for any kind of sympathy from you. I want to simply model to you what it is to be someone who can show some sense of vulnerability. Because if we can't be vulnerable with others, my, with each other, my brothers and sisters in church, where on earth, who on earth are we going to be vulnerable with? This is exactly why Christ Jesus forms the church. A community of broken people who know that when we come together, we can share the deepest, darkest issues. The fact that we're not okay and we don't get judged for it. We don't get condemned for it. We get healed by each other as Jesus works in and through our lives for the good of one another. My invitation is that you think about who are those trusted people in the church who you can share this stuff with. Jesus, the community of Jesus is not about saying that when I get to a certain level, a certain spiritual state, when I get good enough, he'll have me. No, 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 no. That's the complete opposite. What the Bible tells us and what I truly believe deep in my bones is what it says in Romans 5. It says that while we were still sinners, while we were still not okay, Christ died for you and for me. It's absolutely staggering. It's absolutely astonishing. Just let that seep in to your thinking right now. I think it'd be good to just pause there, actually, just to reflect on that incredible truth. That while you and I are not okay, Jesus comes to save you and rescue you. So I'm going to just ask you again, kind of a question. Uh, What's your initial reaction to that gift, that grace that Jesus gives to you in his wanting to rescue you? And do you believe it? Some of us have been living with the stamp of not being okay and that being a defining mark for us for years, if not decades. And one of the big, big issues that we have with that is that we think that that is our identity, that that is what makes us who we are. 
And yes, our experiences and our failures and our limits and our pain, it does define us to some extent, but it is not your true self. It is not the end of the story for you. So many of you who are listening to this think that because you're not okay, it disqualifies you. It disqualifies you from being used by Jesus. It disqualifies you from being part of this community. Some of you are believing right now the lie that until you get yourself to a particular level, Jesus isn't going to use you. And I want to say that's an absolute falsehood. Absolutely untrue. You know, I look at the life of a guy called Paul in the Bible and Let's get this right. Paul was a murderer. Paul was someone who, before he became a Christian, was willingly going and endorsing and getting Christians killed, dragging off men and women to get them killed. And when he became a Christian, his reputation was so appalling that the early Christians did not believe that he'd actually been converted. They thought it was some kind of trick for him to infiltrate them and to get them. But this Paul, who so many of us hold up as this kind of pillar of the Christian faith, not only did he have past brokenness that Jesus was working through, he also had very present brokenness as well. He talks about a time of of, of having this thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't really know what that is. But in the Bible, um, this is what he says about this. He says, three times I appealed to the Lord about this that it would leave me, whatever this thorn is. But Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me, may live in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. And get this, because for whenever I am weak, I know that I am strong. How can he write that? How can he be content with his weaknesses? All the rubbish he's had to endure, all of the the memory from what he did in the past, I, I really think that the key here, again, is the grace, what Jesus calls the grace, the gift of Jesus to sit with people, to factor in our weaknesses. It's like, it's like Jesus says, Paul, I know your weaknesses, and yet I factored all of that into my purpose for you. you know, to the person who struggles with pornography, yes, Jesus wants to free you. And he also says to you, I know that you struggle with this and it does not disqualify you from being used by me. Yes, I'm going to free you. And also right now, I still have a purpose for you. I still have a plan for you. I still love you. You know, to the person who really struggles with commitment because they've had abusive relationships in the past and they're just scared of committing again. Jesus says to, to you, I know you're not okay. I know the stuff here and I want to free you from it. And also it's okay to not be okay because I'm here with you. I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I have a purpose for you right now. I'm not going to write you off. You are here because I love you and I've called you. 
I just think about my, my own life and the, the trap and the poison of comparing myself to other people and that being such a narrative for so long. And Jesus says to me, says, Craig, yes, you're not okay with this. Yes, some of this is going to take a lifetime for you to be healed. And also it's okay to not be okay because I'm here with you and I love you. and I've got a purpose for you. You and I have got a choice right now. Do we hold on to the old narrative of because I'm not okay, I'm a write-off? Or like Paul, do you and I choose to say, God, I bring my okayness to you right now. And I'm going to learn to trust you. That even though I'm not okay, you're here with me. And you're healing me. And you're restoring me. And you're going to bring good and beauty out of brokenness. I just want to clarify that what I'm not saying is that anything goes, that it's okay just to do whatever you want because Jesus has forgiven us. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Jesus loves you far too much to leave you in that brokenness. But what I'm saying is this, is that Jesus is so concerned with the fact that you're concerned you're not okay. And what he wants to say to you is that the final word over you is not broken, but someone who he loves and is healing in the midst and using in the midst of your brokenness. What an incredible, incredible truth. What good news. How staggering is that? Absolutely mind-blowing. So there's two things, and I'm not really saying these as two things for you to do. I'm not adding to an already long list of things and burdens that you think, oh, I've just got to just do this now. It's just two things that I'm, I'm going to ask you before you do anything, two things to, to be. And the first one is this, it's to simply be with Jesus. I've spoken about this before, but you and I, we need those moments of stillness, of silence, where, where we are apart from any other voice, any other voices that are crowding in our heads. And we need time to let the sediment of our souls just settle. Ruth Haley Barton, in that book that I alluded to before, she says this of those times of silence with God. She says, in silence, we not only withdraw from the demands of life in the company of others, but we also allow the noise of our own thoughts, our strivings and compulsions to settle down so we can hear a truer and more reliable voice. It's the voice of God spoken over you. The voice of the one who says to you, I know you're not okay, but it's okay because I'm with you. There's gonna be a link underneath this teaching um, to help you to engage with silence and stillness if you would like to as well. And I'd really recommend there's some fantastic resources out there for you to click on. So have a go at that. The second thing alongside being with Jesus is that is just the invitation to tell someone, to tell someone that you are not okay. 
part of the freedom I, I was finding the, the other week with this sermon writing and all this other junk that was happening was just simply telling someone. Who is it you could tell? And I also want to make a promise to you as well that if you feel like you need to maybe tell, uh, write in, email in uh, to, to us at church, then I, I promise you that if you do that, one of us will call you. One of us from the team will call you and we will pray with you because we are fellow broken people standing alongside you and we want to stand and stand shoulder to shoulder with you in this. So if you fill up to that, there'll be, again, there'll be an email address that will come up on the screen for you to get in contact with one of us. You know, as I, as I finish, I never told you what happened to the tadpoles. So I'm there, passenger seat, sodden, black blobs there. I rush into uh, the house with two glasses, one empty, one full of water. And with one glass, I'm scooping up these tadpoles and I'm popping them, plopping them into the glass full of water. And one by one, I can't release, but one by one, I thought they were dead, but they suddenly come back to life and they're revived again and they're swimming around and it's like nothing had ever happened. And there they lived in our garden for the rest of their days. You know, Jesus says to you and to me, he says, if you're feeling parched today, if you're feeling not okay, then you come to me and you take a big, long drink because I will revive you. The idea of thirst being quenched is, is, is the idea of the Holy Spirit, God's presence, his own personal presence coming to live inside you and me and giving us what we need, starting that process, continuing that process of, of, of brokenness into beauty. And what I want to say is, if you don't know Jesus for yourself right now, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, his power, and you want, you're saying, right now, I want to, I want to come engage with you, Jesus. I want to know you, I want to be known by you, I want to trust in you. Then why don't you make a bold step right now and accept Jesus? I'm just going to do a very simple countdown from three. Okay, three, two, one. One, Jesus, come into my life. There you go. And if you've made that commitment today, please get in contact with us. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to support you on your journey. And really finally now, for those of us who are, have had our hearts and our souls stirred by the fact that we know we're not okay, by Jesus knows that we're not okay, but we want to make those first steps to recovery. Just simply want to ask you now just to just spend a moment with me as I pray with you. I truly believe that God works through time across time and space. So wherever you are right now, I'm just going to ask you to be vulnerable, maybe close your eyes, maybe hold out your hands to receive that reviving spirit from God as I pray for you and over you. Jesus, you are so incredible that you look on us, you look on our brokenness, you look on our okayness and it doesn't repulse you. If anything, it attracts you to us because you are in the business of turning brokenness 
into beauty. Of changing the, the ashes of our lives into things of worth. That you say that there's not one of us who is so far gone, so far gone into brokenness that we are disqualified from being used by you. So Jesus, help us to know that truth. Help us to know that no matter how rubbish we feel right now, you love us. You've got plans for us. You say to each and every one of us, it's okay to not be okay. Because you are big enough, Jesus, to bear all of that. And so we pray, God, that you'd use our weaknesses and our brokenness for your glory. We thank you for the journey we get to be on with you now and in the days to come. Amen. So may you know, not only today, but in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come, that in the midst of you not being okay, there is one there who is with you saying, it's okay that you're not okay. And I'm going to work with you and walk with you every step of the way.